Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the July 1st episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1425 through 1429 of the Catechism. 2. Why a sacrament of reconciliation after baptism? 1425. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. One must appreciate the magnitude of the gift God has given us in the sacraments of Christian initiation in order to grasp the degree to which sin is excluded for him who has put on Christ. But the Apostle John also says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And the Lord himself taught us to pray, Father, forgive us our trespasses, linking our forgiveness of one another's offences to the forgiveness of our sins that God will grant to us. 1426. Conversion to Christ. The new birth of baptism, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the body and blood of Christ received as food have made us holy and without blemish. Just as the Church herself, the Bride of Christ is holy and without blemish. Nevertheless, the new life received in Christian initiation has not abolished the frailty and weakness of human nature, nor the inclination to sin, that tradition calls concupiscence, which remains in the baptized, such that, with the help of the grace of Christ, they may prove themselves in the struggle of Christian life. This is the struggle of conversion directed towards holiness and eternal life, to which the Lord never ceases to call us. 3. The Conversion of the Baptized 1427 Jesus calls to conversion. This call is an essential part of the proclamation of the kingdom. The, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the church's preaching, this call is addressed first to those who do not yet know Christ and his gospel. Also, baptism is the principal place for the first and fundamental conversion. It is by faith in the gospel and by baptism that one renounces evil and gains salvation. This is the forgiveness of all sins and the grace and the gift of new life. 1428. Christ's call to conversion continues to resound in the lives of Christians. This second conversion is an uninterrupted task for the whole church, who, clasping sinners to her bosom, is at once holy and always in need of purification, and follows constantly the path of penance and renewal. This endeavour of conversion is not just a human work. It is the moment of a con the movement of a contrite heart drawn and moved by grace to respond to the merciful love of God who first loved us. 1429. St. Peter's conversion, after he had denied his master three times, bears witness to this. Jesus' look of infinite mercy drew, drew tears of repentance from Peter, and after the Lord's resurrection, a threefold affirmation of love for him. The second conversion also has a communitarian dimension, as is clear in the Lord's call to the whole church, repent. St. Ambrose says of these two conversions that in the church there are water and tears, the water of baptism and the tears of repentance.
Okay, so we're looking here at the, um, the reasons to have the sacrament. And again, the Catechism is saying it, but it's very clear that even though the gift that we receive of complete forgiveness in the sacraments of initiation, that we are completely forgiven, completely and utterly forgiven by baptism, confirmation and First Communion. However, unfortunately, the reality is that all of us sin, that all of us fall short. Again, to different degrees, and it's possible to live a very virtuous life without much sin. But all of us do sin. This famous quote of the uh, Apostle John of his, uh, of his first epistle, where it says that if anybody says he is without sin, he makes God a liar. That all of us sin. It's that simple. And because we all sin, the forgiveness, it's not that it undoes the forgiveness we received. We receive the forgiveness, but forgiveness is retroactive, not future active. So forgiveness forgives everything you've done up until now, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't forgive you for the sins you haven't yet committed. I mean, this is one of the important things. This is, again, again, we'll see, this is the reason that sometimes people can't receive sacramental absolution because they're not, um, because they're not, they haven't finished their sin. I mean, this is, again, it's hard for sometimes for people to understand but if there's somebody living in an, in an irregular marriage situation or uh, somebody is uh, in the state of sin, then they can't receive forgiveness because while a priest can forgive any sin, he has the power to, receive, to forgive any sin. There were certain sins re uh, reserved to the bishop, but today these are very few. And even in case of emergency or danger of death or anything, any priest can, can absolve from any sin. But the only thing a priest can't absolve from is a sin that has yet to be committed or a sin that is not yet completed. So if somebody's living in a state of objective sin, then they can't receive uh, the, the sacramental forgiveness until the sin is over, in a sense. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is this second conversion that is offered, offered to us, this call to conversion that is always there. And it uses the paradigm of St. Peter, which is very beautiful. These two images of Peter that are, that are beautiful. This glance of Christ, this merciful glance of Christ towards Peter, when Peter denies him, when before the crucifixion on Holy Thursday night, before Christ is, is, uh, is killed, uh, Peter has snuck in to the praetorium and he's there in front of the fire and he denies Christ. Uh, he denies Christ three times, and after the third time it says that uh, the cock crows and Jesus looks at him. Particularly St. Luke, it underlines this glance of Jesus, this look of Jesus. And they say it's a merciful look of Jesus, and Peter weeps. He repents. And then afterwards, after the resurrection, that Christ in St. John 21 will ask him, um, will ask Peter to, uh, do you love me? Three times to undo the three times that Peter had denied him. So Christ helps him with this. And then as the Catechism says, it always has this communitarian dimension, which again is one of the, um, one of the things that we need to work on in the sacrament of penance. 
that were very good in seeing the um, the aspect, the divine aspect of the of the sacrament, which again is more important. The fact that uh, we we seek forgiveness from God, that we're granted forgiveness by Christ by God, but also we need to work on the fact that this um, forgiveness has to be communitarian, that it has to be through the church, that there is an ecclesial, a church aspect to this forgiveness, and this is what the the catechism is also underlying here. So this is uh, again what we're looking at today, beginning to look at this um, the sacrament of uh, of conversion, and uh, what why do we have it, and uh, a little bit uh, to say that yes, this is why, for example, you have to be baptized to receive confession, because you can't go to confession if you haven't been baptized, because it doesn't make sense. You should get baptized, and that way all your sins will be forgiven. That way, in order to to receive sacramental absolution. You have, first of all, to be baptized. And anybody who wants it and isn't baptized, very simple, they, they need to enter the, the catechumenate and enroll and become baptized. And that way their sins will be forgiven in the in this way, which is the best way. And this sacrament is, on the other hand, for those who've already been baptized. So very well, so we'll continue tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1430 through 1433. God bless.